Ever regretted that you were too busy to check out some detail at the proper time and got yourself into a pickle as a result? Ever suspected that you and others around you may have been so focused on your narrow occupational concerns that important matters passed you by, including perhaps some relatively weighty matters with real implications for all our futures? So begins an article by retired social scientist David Booth from the UK. Let's discuss it. I am David Arla Gates, and welcome to Created to Reign, a production of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation. The Cornwall Alliance is a ministry dedicated to helping fulfill the mandate God gave mankind in Genesis 1.28, to subdue and rule the earth in a way that enhances its fruitfulness, its beauty, and its safety for the glory of God and for the benefit of our neighbors. Recently, I came across a paper that will never be published in mainstream journals. It was posted to ResearchGate, and I will provide a link to it in the podcast notes. It is a good read, and I recommend you take a look at it. Nevertheless, I would like to go over it today so you know just what you're getting. The article is written by Dr. David Booth and is entitled, Too Busy to Check It Out, A Retired Professional's Regrets and Forebodings About Climate Science, Public Health, and Knowledge in the Internet Age. First of all, just who is David Booth? It took me a bit to figure this out because, well, apparently, there are a number of David Booths who live in the UK. But this David Booth was a professor of development studies at the University of Wales in Swansea. Then he became a research fellow at ODI, formerly known as the Overseas Development Institute, and was the director of the Africa Power and Politics Program. He holds a PhD in sociology, has edited two multidisciplinary development studies journals, and has worked extensively in Latin America and Sub-Saharan Africa. I gleaned all of this from the World Bank website of which he was affiliated. Now, apparently, he has retired and thus is free to speak his mind. Now, I have either known or heard of several scientists who, after retirement, felt free to talk freely about scientific topics on which they did not feel they could talk freely while employed in academia or in government. The reason they generally do not speak out during their employment is that they fear the retribution that the progressive institutions of which they were a dutiful employee, would exact upon them. One quip to me, I have worked 18 years for my retirement benefits. I don't want to throw that away now. So after retirement, they, to use a colloquial phrase, come clean, and they are summarily attacked by their previous employer and the other progressive institutions. Since this is what they have feared all along, they almost always shrink back into anonymity and are never heard from again. David Booth seems to be different, and I really hope he is. Now that he is retired, he can apologize for what he was doing during his tenures at the University of Wales and ODI. But unlike the others, Dr. Booth has a different reason for his mea culpa. You see, it is not because he knew better but hid his views until retirement. He freely admits that he was blinded by his specialization. Dr. Booth writes, For understandable reasons, I want to suggest many otherwise well-informed people, 
like me and perhaps you, dear reader, have neglected to check out specialist literatures and informed debates on at least two subjects of major global importance. Busy trying to stay ahead in our specialist fields, we have taken too much for granted about the reliability of our usual sources of information. As a consequence, we have made ourselves complicit in the adoption of public policies that have already done harm and threatened to do more. In future, we need to become more skeptical ooh, of received wisdom and more actively attentive to discussions outside our normal fields of vision. Although the point is also relevant more broadly, the particular fields I have in mind are the COVID-19 pandemic and human-induced climate change. He continues, I believe we are all responsible when we fail to pay attention to important matters. It is well documented that, in both of the areas that concern me, facts have been systematically misrepresented, dissenting views have been suppressed, and publics have been successfully intimidated by unjustified appeals to the science. The literature also has compelling things to say about the habits of thought, the social interests, and the institutional dysfunctions that have supported obfuscation and censorship. Well, you know, for many who recant, the real reason becomes a uaculpa. It's someone else's fault, not mine. But not with David Booth's confession. Regarding changes that occurred since his retirement in 2018, he writes that they, quote, were actually close to my intellectual home in that I came of age as a Marxist-oriented sociologist in the same kind of academic milieu that produced the early versions of critical race theory and constructivist thinking about gender. But having become increasingly absorbed in my particular corners of the development studies field and in a practical rather than purely academic way, I had not kept up with the cultural turn in radical politics and the explosion of activist scholarship that took place after the 1980s. I should not have been shocked, but I was, at the extent to which social movements and media coverage of those movements had imbibed what I regard as extremely shoddy social science. I had not been paying attention. Well, indeed, for me, when I was 30, that is millennia ago, it seems, I looked at the world differently than I do now. I took more for granted, and maybe because I could, but the world now has changed dramatically and certainly not for the better. Then I was much like Booth, taking lots of things that weren't immediately in front of me for granted, although working in the area of climate change did open my eyes early on to the shenanigans that were being played in the climate science arena. Booth goes on to explain COVID, which I will not cover here, and then moves on to carbon dioxide and climate change. As to how he saw the light on the fallacy of climate change alarmism, Booth begins, quote, As recently as 2021, I was part of an online course team tutoring development professionals and diplomats in applied political economy analysis. Colleagues introduced a module on climate change, which focused on the incentives and disincentives in the global emission reduction and adaptation systems. As I had done for years, I assumed that those who knew about these things had solid reasons for thinking that greenhouse gas reduction was an urgent matter 
and that adapting to radically different global climatic conditions was a priority for poor developing countries. Unquote. Booth then argues that it was one book that eventually changed his mind. Nope, <laughs> you'll never guess which one. That book is entitled The New Climate War, The Fight to Take Back Our Planet by, yep, the irascible Dr. Michael E. Mann. Irascible? <laughs> yeah, go look at his postings on X. Booth characterizes the book as, quote, partly a critique of the kind of climate activism that emphasizes individual behavior change rather than collective policy responses. But it also has another purpose, which is to portray climate change skeptics as irrational deniers who are most likely in the pay of fossil fuel firms and no better than those scientists who for years articulated the lies of tobacco companies. This did not seem implausible at the time. Now remember, Booth was a true believer, someone who had blindly accepted the alarmist climate change narrative. And his conversion didn't happen overnight, as Booth recollects. Two years later, and thanks in part to my COVID-inspired learning on how to work around the forces of misinformation and disinformation in the media, I am a convinced opponent of the dominant narrative and the policies it claims to justify. I am left wondering how many others have been making the causal assumptions about the soundness of the dominant policy positions that I did, because they are too busy and too focused on things immediately to hand to do the necessary checking. Be not misled, Booth is not one who floats with the wind. He provides a very detailed assessment of both COVID and climate change science with specific professional articles that show he has indeed done his homework. But beyond the science, he goes on to explain why he and others are being misled. He discusses the original sin of the IPCC, policy-based evidence, a bogus impression of consensus, data manipulation, featuring man's hockey stick, technocratic takeovers, the capture of scholarly journals, the emergence of obfuscation, censorship, and repression in scholarship, the lack of a democratic mandate, and efforts to marginalize those who disagree with the groupthink of the alarmist climate change mentality. He then argues that this is a globalist conspiracy and offers some of his own suggestions on what we should do. After doing his homework on the internet and the print media, Dr. Booth concludes, Now I am amazed and ashamed to recognize how easy it is to get to grips with a topic using these sources, if one just takes the trouble and is released from the daily pressures of a specialized profession. There are good books around too, most of them a great deal more informative, as well as more honest, than man's polemic. So I urge you to read Dr. Booth's article. It definitely is a good read, though it leaves me with a fundamental question. How do we get those who have bought the climate change alarmist lie to stop and examine the evidence? But I wish to leave you with this more important thought. How do we get the rest of us to put aside the grind of our daily life 
and investigate just who Jesus Christ really is. The enemy has always waged a disinformation campaign against our Lord and Savior, and too many have simply believed the lies they have read and heard. But to borrow a line from the X-Files, the real truth is out there, and he is waiting for us to commit our life to him. If only we haven't committed our life to everything else. So with both climate change and Christianity, as with everything else, it's all about investigating the truth and discarding the lies. Thank you for listening to Created to Reign. Until next time, I am David Arla Gates, and may God richly bless you. Mm-hmm.